Hey everyone, welcome to episode 223 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. Well, it's just Randy this week. Holiday weekends and schedules once again collide in making sure that three individual calendars and their contents will not align to allow the entirety of our namesakes to be together today. That said, I hope your Labor Day weekend felt longer and more relaxing than the time in the current state of our world might otherwise allow for. It's always good to get away for a bit and find a little renewal in simply doing less. I know that for yours truly, there may be no better reward of any week than to find a little more downtime to spend with my girls. It seems like we should be better at slowing down, doesn't it? We are all humans capable of critical thought and interpreting concepts like Sabbath, science, medical knowledge, all that confirm the benefits of slowing down, and yet here we are. The story and ramifications at the heart of our message this week also seem so simple that even a caveman can do it. It should apply, right? But when it comes to the rule following and failing, we rarely seem to give ourselves a break. Big surprise, right? Yeah, probably not so much. This week, we started a new series called Simply Gospel. The first message was by Jeff Sinkmoney, and I want to start out with the message outline, just to give you a foundation. It reads, If you were given news of the best restaurant in town, and then given burdensome conditions that were required in order to eat there, how would you respond? The news of this restaurant becomes a bit less enchanting. So, too, with the gospel. When we add our own conditions to God's simple truth, we not only dampen its appeal, but we also diminish its meaning. For us as Christians, the gospel, the good news, it's essential to our lives and to the motivation we have to live like Jesus and, well, to the best of our ability, love like Jesus. Jeff described the feeling inside the early church culture that really boiled down to protectionism from the faithful. No one wants the outsiders taking the easy route to the same promised destination and with all the rewards as those with heritage and those with standing in the church community. Thankfully, today we're no longer arguing issues like circumcision as it was back then for inclusion, but it still doesn't seem much different in many cases where we could substitute denominationalism or a ton of our other pet issues and we could apply the same biases to those outsiders. So to what end does this serve? Do we honestly believe that by making the road tougher, more convoluted and confusing, less loving, that we are doing something positive for the kingdom of God? Jeff helped emphasize Paul's objection to this type of thinking and practice by taking us to Galatians chapter 5, verses 2 through 3. Paul said, I am emphatic about this. The moment any one of you submits to circumcision or any other rule-keeping system, at that same moment, Christ's hard-won gift of freedom is squandered. Think about that one. The moment any of you submits to circumcision or any other rule-keeping system, at that same moment, because of that, Christ's hard-won gift of freedom is squandered. I repeat my warning. The person who accepts the ways of circumcision trades all the advantages of the free life in Christ for the obligations of the slave life of the law. Again, this seems like it should be so easy, and it's something that we continue to talk about over and over again, so obviously it isn't for us. But what about the sentence, the person who accepts the ways of circumcision trades all the advantages 
of the free life, the thing we don't want to give everybody else, for the obligations of the slave life and the law. Let's trade in freedom for the obligations of the slave life of the law. What part of that sounds like, hmm, you know, maybe I haven't given this whole circumcision and any of these other rule-keeping systems, maybe I just haven't given them enough, I don't know, maybe I just haven't given them enough thought. Maybe this is where I should really be. Why am I wasting my time with this free life business when I can have obligations and slave life of the law? Now, this is usually the point in the discussion when opposite sides of the faith versus works aisle begin to disintegrate. Rules versus grace, bootstraps versus watered down, once saved, always saved. We listen to and revere Paul's writing and God's given wisdom from someone who was an expert on both sides of this equation. And yet in instances like these, we tend to err on the side of works because, you know, what if he wasn't really serious or what if he was wrong? What if he doesn't really know what he's talking about? And what if, you know, that was just Paul's advice afterwards? Maybe he hadn't thought about it all the way through. Why does working for it seem so much more tangible and given what we just read, more desirable? We make it so hard for ourselves to simply believe in what Jesus has said what Paul has confirmed, and go with what our fragile and needy characters tell us to do. And it's just, it's almost maddening. It's almost enough to make you just want to rip your hair out when you see it in others. And then you look at yourself and go, hmm, man, the reflection in that mirror looks awfully familiar. Ah. Jeff laid this out brilliantly in breaking down the story of the prodigal son, where we often resonate our shortcomings and the things that we don't do well, those realizations in the mirror, with the prodigal, and love the redemption offered to us by the Father and offered by the Father to the prodigal. But maybe so, a little bit less with the older brother. But when you view it through the lens of the gospel and who we believe worthy, it becomes a different story. After the brother lashes out at the father as the celebration for the prodigal is in full swing, Jeff had this to say. In all honesty, he's right. It doesn't really seem fair. What in the world is good about this for the son who stays home? There doesn't seem to be any reason to do the right thing. Where's the motivation? Where's the fairness? Where's the appreciation? Do you ever think that maybe the reason why we don't really grasp the gospel is because we fail to really see God? It's the reason for Christ telling this story. He knows we've added way too much. If we're the younger brother, it's because we've added our eyes to God. We've added our eyes to God. Ooh, that makes us repulsive to him. If we're the older brother, we've added conditions to his love that makes it impossible for anyone to actually truly return. But Christ wipes that all away by sharing this view on the father. The father who once more goes after one of his sons, but this time it's the oldest one. One thing I've been thinking of since listening to this message this past week is that maybe we should begin to think of this story as the prodigal sons. Maybe that would help us remember that both sides are favored by God, that no side has extra favor, and if that there is extra work, extra requirements, a heavy yoke, then it is not of the Father's making, but rather our own. It's our own doing. Regardless of our imperfect intentions, we are not the litigators, and we certainly aren't the judge of ourselves or the journey of others. And since Andy isn't here this week, I'll say it for him. We often think more of ourselves than we ought. <laughs> it's so simple, but so true. 
I've never really stopped to consider this in this light before. And we have talked about the prodigal son, not only here at Whole Life Church, but I'm sure if you have ever attended a church service or maybe listened to one online or had heard a Bible story, even if you're not really that up with what the Bible contains, this is a story that even in secular society is pretty well known, the prodigal son. And I think when we just sit back and realize that both sides have issues, like Jeff said, it's because we've added our eyes if we're the younger brother so that there's no way in the world that God could love us. He has to be repulsed by us. If we're the older brother, we've added conditions to his love that makes it impossible for anyone to actually return and to reap those benefits that we want to keep for ourselves. And so we know that God continually goes after both. And that just seems so logical. It seems so easy. It seems to be in line with God's character. And yet we will still err on that side of, yeah, but if I did this, or if I was better at that, or if this sin that continually bugs me, it continually gets the best of me. No matter how many times I pray about it, no matter how many times I wished it wasn't there, it seems to get the better of me. And when we look at it this way, we should just stop and think about and realize and just let it permeate us that God isn't for the younger son. He isn't only for the older son. He's for both of the sons. He's for all of us. No matter where we fit in, there's not a scarcity of anything when it comes to God. His love is big enough for all of us and then some. And all the things that we don't even know exist, all the different worlds, all the different things that he's created, there's plenty to go around. And I just, I like the way that Jeff laid this out because... I think moving forward, I'm going to look at this story differently than I ever have. And I'm going to look at others differently than I ever have. Because in all honesty, I think we can both resonate, no matter where you fall in this, with one or the other. And this week, one of our whole life takeaways asked, in the story of the lost son in Luke 15, there are rule followers and rule breakers. We've probably found ourselves on both of those sides. Which side makes it harder for us to understand a loving father who's always willing to take both of us back? Now, I can resonate with the prodigal son that left the father to find what, you know, this life had to offer. Things that I thought looked really good outside of the norms or outside of the rules. They just seemed so much better than anything else that was offered inside of the rules. But from the standpoint of growing up with denominationalism, in the forefront of my theology and what I believed about Jesus, what I believed about God's character, I also understand the draw of protectionism and, you know, fairness. I'm doing air quotes here. Fairness, if you will. What both sides just continue to fail to realize is that our fairness is death, plain and simple. If our fairness was what we deserved and that was what was on the menu, we'd all go hungry. If what we can add to anything that God has commanded could be measured in impact, its weight would be zero, maybe a negative. Everything goes wrong with us and with our ability to share the gospel when we add anything to our reliance on the Father. I was thinking about what did we talk about the bucket 
a few series ago and how anything we try to add to the bucket sloshes out some perfectly good Jesus and we replace it with something else. And this seems to really go along with that theme. So what about you? Which prodigal do you find familiar struggles with? What was it like when you realized that the father was willing to take you back and when he was willing to take the other brother back as well? Those are sometimes two different realizations. And I don't know that even though you kind of know it's inherently once you say it now, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, everybody knows that. But sometimes it comes as a very distinct realization on both parts. Maybe when you meet Jesus for the first time, you're introduced and you say, wow, Jesus loves me. But what about this person, that person, or this idea or that idea or someone that claims those? So I would love to hear how you see this and how this has happened to you in your own life. Send a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send it in an email, as always, to podcast at wholelife.church. And I will share by reading your comments or playing your voicemail on the next episode. Our final thoughts this week are from a few sentences near the end of Jeff's message from this past week. He said, speaking of the prodigal sons and kind of where we left off earlier, he said, make no mistake, the father is well aware of the two sides. He understands how we can get it wrong quite easily. But the point of this is not that he favors one over the other. No, the point is that there is no joy, no peace, and no life outside of his presence. It doesn't matter how many rules you break or keep if you're making it about you. You see, the truth of the gospel is that God has always been ready for us. The father in this story never stopped waiting. He goes after both his sons. He was always there, ready for both brothers to open their hearts to him. That is the truth about the gospel. It's the truth about God. What better can we hang on to when our lives are in dark and trying times? 2020, anyone? What better can we share with others about God's true character? That God has always and will always be ready for us, no matter which path we've been on, whether we're the younger or the older, whether we're the rule keeper or the rule breaker. The love for both sides is the same. It's not like politics. It's not like rules we've made, institutions we've developed that rate everyone. There's no caste system. Everyone is the same, and he's always waiting. I hope that that gives you a view of God that maybe is a little different than you've ever considered before. I hope that it, like it did for me, gives you a view that makes you love God more and that makes you want to share that love with somebody else, someone in your community, someone that's down, maybe even a family member, someone who may be on one side or the other, either holding on to something that they don't need to hold on to, protecting something that's not theirs to protect, or on the other side, they're far away and they just don't know they can come back. What better time than now to share something like this and to share this idea that God is just waiting for both sides. Both sides have issues. Both sides see the other as the villain, maybe, or at least as the bad guy or the lesser. And how encouraging is it to realize through a story that's pretty easy to understand when we look at it the right way and what that means for their future and that you, like God, is accepting them the same way. You're ready to be there for them no matter what side they're on. Something to consider, someone to look out for this week as we go about 
taking all this in and putting it into practice, find someone that just maybe doesn't know this part of the story. How awesome would that be? All right, next week, we continue with our Simply Gospel series. And the second message, Simply Profound. And I believe it's Andy, but I'm not exactly sure. I think I got an email somewhere, but uh, it's not right in front of me. But either way, we'll be back. That's going to do it for this week. So next Tuesday evening, Speaking of Grace, we'll feature that message called Simply Profound. Tuesday evenings at 8 p.m. Inside of that show, when you listen, you swipe up. All of the week's takeaways will be inside of that show each and every week, so they're easy to find. Listen to the message, swipe up while you're listening, and you can actually read those while you're listening. Maybe answer some. Maybe it's something you can find to talk about with your family, your friends, neighbor, coworker. Pretty cool. And then, of course, next Wednesday, we'll be back here as usual. It'll be episode 224, going over that same information, diving a little bit deeper. And if all things and all schedules work out as normally planned, it'll be 15, 20, maybe 30 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. Thanks for listening, guys, and have a great week.